Hello and welcome to another installment of the Y Football Podcast with me, Echidadoku, and Michael Dryden. Yep, that's right. I'm doing an intro. It's been a very, very long time for those of you that have been waiting. Uh, but this week we're going to go through. <laughs> <laughs> this week we're going to go through uh, England's European Championship quarterfinal for the first time. You know they haven't been there since 2012. You know where the three lines lost to Italy. We're going to look at their upcoming fixture against Ukraine. Both teams' tournaments so far, and we discuss England's likely lineup. Uh, but before we start, please follow us on Twitter at wifeable underscore and subscribe with us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, and YouTube. Dryden, how are you doing? Also, you know what? <laughs> it's actually quite hard doing the intro. I haven't done it in a long time, so I'm, I'm pretty happy I managed to get through that unscathed. Yeah, if you, I sense some nervous jitters there. To be fair, uh, it's uh, fair practice makes perfect. To be fair, mate. Um, but no, I'm uh, I'm not too bad. Still over the moon with the England game. Um, so we're going to be talking about England and Ukraine today. And I, I watched the Sweden Ukraine game, and this is not a great way to introduce the pod. But I was pretty. I've got to say, I had a fair few beers after that game, and I was absolutely <laughs> I was on my way. So uh, I can't say I'm an absolute expert on how that game of football went, but. No, I do doing well. Just looking forward to Saturday now, and I just didn't think it was ever going to happen. So I hadn't planned ahead. I just thought, gosh, really, we're not going to beat them. Like, so I hadn't even planned ahead to what I'm doing Saturday or what I'm doing after that for the semis or even the final. God forbid we get there. So yeah, mate, just over the moon. How are you doing? Yeah, well, your buzzword's normally Sunderland, but I think over the moon is your new buzzword now, isn't it? Uh, it's <laughs> a few times then in the intro, but. Yeah, good. Record, recording quite late this evening. It's quite cool. Um, mm. Been a good day so far. Absolutely. So before the tournament started, I booked a venue for every single group game and every single knockout game. Uh, I had to work out back then, you know, all the predictable outcomes or possible outcomes, yeah. sorry, working out where England would come. And I've managed to work it out to a T. So I'm quite happy to be able to use uh, another pub event this weekend to hopefully see England get to the semi-finals yeah absolutely so let's let's get things rolling so england versus ukraine in rome on saturday as well i think that's you know what i'm looking forward to seeing us i know playing at wembley gives us an advantage but it's not the same if we're playing at wembley every game because even if it was in england okay like we would be playing in different stadiums which would make it interesting but the same stadium over and over again i'm glad we're playing the study of olympico um and that will be that will be good to see um so to kick things off this preview, I thought we'd start with Ukraine and it'll take us back to, we did a preview episode um, before the tournament kicked off and so we went through some Ukraine bits. So just to add a bit of background to Ukraine, so came into this tournament having um, qualified first ahead of Portugal, three points ahead of Portugal in their qualification um, group, unbeaten across uh, the eight games with Roman Yaramchuk, uh, Roman Yaramchuk with, with all the goals. Four goals for uh, Ukraine there. Andriy Shevchenko, everyone will know, 2004 Berlin Door winner, is is their manager. Captain's Andriy Payatov, I don't think is featured uh, too too often. I think, is he, has he been playing goal, Payatov? I'm just going to have to get this up because I've just realised I've said that he wasn't play, hasn't been playing much, but has Payatov been playing? I don't know who the keeper's been. But I've got... No, as Bush, Bushan started. So we have George Bushan, Dino Kiev started against Sweden. I just, yeah, so I, <laughs> so I realised, I thought, I haven't seen Pytov play, but he is their captain. But so many nations 
seem to have like some elder statesman as captain. So Pytop is their is their captain, but hasn't really been playing too much. Born in the USSR, absolute hero. The key player, as per UFA.com, before we when we did the preview was Ruslan Malinovsky. Didn't start the last game. Um, Atalanta midfielder, uh, who's said to be excellent ball distributor, good in possession. Um, the other ones to watch that we had at that time were Yamalenko, who's been doing very well, Roman Yaramchuk, as I mentioned before, and Viktor Saiganikov um, as well. Um, so the Group C, how did they perform when they got to Group C? So they finished third, just like Denmark did in their group. Um, they were also in our path to the final. Third in their group with two defeats out of three, <laughs> but still going through with a pretty modest minus one goal difference. Um so, just uh, I just find it laughable they can lose two games and go through. But anyway, that we won't touch on that one again. Three-two defeat in Netherlands um, in the first game. Two-one win over North Macedonia, and uh, a one-nil defeat against the Austrians in that final group game. Yeah, I mean they absolutely are scraping the barrel with minus one goal difference. Um, I watched the Sweden game, which we're going to come into in a little bit, but I think. Yeah, we have some good players. We've got Zinni, uh, people that's Zinchenko. Uh, I call him <laughs> I call him Zinni because we're on a nice. you know close close basis, me and him. Um, mm. But yeah, I quite like the look of uh, Yarmachuk. I think he's been pretty good. Um, obviously, Zinni and Yamalenko scored that absolute wonderful goal against. I think it was like Holland. It was a really really good finish. So, yeah, it was. Um, I think yeah. the, the Euros is quite magical where these teams, you know, more teams can go through. And I think that makes it more exciting. But it is also a bit suspect when Portugal won it with a similar number of points as Ukraine. And Ukraine doing the same thing now, minus one goal difference with only a measly three points. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I don't know how you'd actually reformat the, the tournament because if you made it 32 teams, I mean, 32 teams in Europe, that would be a lot of teams to come from Europe. You'd end up mm. having like Estonia qualifying. So mm. does that make the does, the does that make the tournament even better? I don't necessarily think so. Even the World Cup, I mean, obviously the World Cup, um, you know, a lot more teams qualify, so 32 is apt, but you still get a lot of games in the World Cup in the group stages that are that are rubbish. <laughs> just rubbish. So, um, so yes, yeah, so this is first the first quarterfinal at a major tournament for Ukraine since uh, two thousand and and six. Um, the round of sixteen, as you as you mentioned, is the two one win after extra time against Sweden. One uh, one after full time, Sweden went down to ten men, um, and Artem Dovbik scored a hundred twenty first minute winner. What did you think of Marcus Danielson's sending off at that is a lot of split opinion. There's people that think it's actually just what? not a foul. People that think, and there's people that think he should be banned for life. <laughs> it's just, it's just the seventies and eighties hardcore Brits in adverted commas who think that he won the ball cleanly. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter mm. whether he challenged for the ball. It doesn't matter that he wasn't looking at the man. His foot ends so high on that player. Like it doesn't really like the people. Are like, oh yeah, he went for the ball. Yeah, and. So it's just like it doesn't matter like he's endangering the player that guy's leg he's connected his foot has basically hit the top part of his leg near his knee that's a high challenge red card all day i get the bend of his leg makes it look a lot worse but even if his leg didn't bend that way the foot and the challenge is far too high straight red uh see i'm a little bit more on the fence more because and i, I get what you're saying i hate this whole like you hear Danny Murphy in commentary saying, you know, back in my day, this X, Y, Z. Well, it's not your day. That's not good analysis. Like, If, if it's 1996, <laughs> then fair enough, but it's not. Um, you've got to play by the letter of the law. 
Marcus Danielson's, you know, he's, he's made contact. If, if you make contact with the ball, you start to show him to, to an extent. Yeah, it's a red card by the letter, red card by the letter of the law. I do think he's winning for the ball fairly in a sense that he, he's entitled to go for the ball. He's clearly went in too rash and he stood to show in. I do kind of think a bit, bit of, I say blame, but on the part of the Ukrainian players, then he was flying in and you've got to give a little, it's almost like the, um, a little bit with that, the, the Reese, uh, was it the Reese where he came in with his fist? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he got penalty he was given against. Um, you've got to, you know, if players are flying in, even if, even the one that's not the aggressor has to take some responsibility for going in with, at pace. Is it a red card by the law? I would say yes. Do I think as some people have been going on as if it was a horror challenge? I don't think so. Because I think he's, he's he's entitled to go for the ball. He went in recklessly. It's probably, probably quite an exhausted challenge. Like what stage? It was the 100th minute he got sent off. Mm. One of them where he's stretching. He's, he, he doesn't want to go for that ball. He's had enough. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't want to play in Ukraine in the, after extra time. Um, but yeah, I think I'm a bit more on the fence. But yeah, I do think it, it is, possibly is by the letter of the law. A red, a red card. Zinchenko gave Ukraine the lead, um, and then Forsberg, who always had an excellent tournament for Sweden, uh, won that game. I did think Sweden were going to win it. Um, the stats at the end of that: Sweden, Ukraine actually ended with fifty-four percent possession, uh, fifteen shots uh, against um, Sweden's thirteen. They did obviously have the superior man for the last ten or twenty minutes, so um, that might skew the numbers. Uh, but I think we did all expect Sweden to go through, and they topped their group. Ukraine came third. Um, they don't have Slatan, but players like Isaac uh, is such an exciting talent. Players like Forsberg have been exceptional. Obviously, Seb Larsson running the show, uh, <laughs> standing captain. Um, so I think we did expect uh, the Swedes to go through. Um, but England will be playing the Ukrainians. So movie, moving on to England now, to a bit of Ukrainian background there. Obviously, we know what happened with England Group D. They... <laughs> 1-0, 0-0 and 1-0 against Croatia, Scotland and Czech Republic. Seven points plus two goal difference. Um, then came in against the Germans. We all thought, well, it's, <laughs> it's worked out well now because our path is so amazing. But obviously the fact that we played against the Group D, uh, sorry, Group F, uh, Group of Death, was just was just mental. Um, but obviously we beat, we beat Germany 2-0 uh, in that round of 16. Clash Sterling and Kane with the late goals. Um, we'll go into we'll go into a lot more questions later, Chairs, in terms of analysis of that. But there were some good chances that fell to Werner and Muller, particularly Werner in the first half when he came through. Muller's was the best chance, but I think at the time of the game, if Werner had put that chance away first half, that would have been a real game changer. Muller's would have been one one, which um, you know uh, would have been influential, but wouldn't have given them the lead. But people are referring to it as a Southgate masterclass. Do you think that is a Southgate masterclass, or were England just more clinical? Um, I think there's a narrative in football whereby if a team sits back and defends and they win 1-0, it's always seen as a masterclass because they've very clearly from the outset tried to contain a side and then win 1-0. Mourinho. But then if that game is 0-0, exactly. If that game is 0-0 or they lose 1-0, it's seen as a terrible result because they were so negative. Exactly, I think yeah. England are always on the cusp of it was a masterclass because what they tried to do worked, but they were fortunate in that. You know, you see loads of teams where it's like backs against the wall stuff, keepers made like 10 saves, but they win 1-0 mm. and they're like, oh yeah, it was like really dogged defending, they deserve the win. But actually, if the other team put away those chances, then it wouldn't have been, but it's all about ifs. I mean, Germany had very few. I think the Werner one would have changed the context of the game massively. Um, yeah. I, I don't, 
I mean, Muller's got a score, but he's been assisted by Sterling. Doing, I don't know what the hell he was doing. He's literally bypassed, <laughs> he's bypassed the whole team to feed uh, Werner, who then passed to Muller. Or no, it was Havertz, it was. I think. Havertz, yeah, Havertz, that was yeah. it. But yeah, I, I just think it's one of them where the t- clear-cut chances, they were two apiece. Uh, I, I'd say Werner's is a one and a half. Well, Werner's isn't clear, clear cut. It's one, it's one and a bit. But, mm, yeah, you know, good, yeah. I, I think, to be honest, that the two clearest chances fell to England. So I guess they did deserve the win. Yeah, I do. I do agree with that. But yeah, I mean, a lot. I've seen a lot about the Southgate Masterclass on Twitter. And I agree with you. It's It was a close game in the day. There was, there was both, chance, both teams had good chances. I mean, in total, I know they were chasing the game in the end, but Germany had nine shots. England's five. Uh, we had more on target, four to three. Um, and you know, those stats don't tell tell a load. Four four shots on target is is good across the ninety minutes. I mean, forty five percent possession for England. I mean, the first ten minutes, England didn't get a kick, and that was where I was worried because, as you said, you can be pragmatic and play a certain way. And one thing I didn't want to happen at the outset was for the game to get stretched. So I think that would have fell into their hands. I mean, we've played yeah. quite a lot under Southgate often when we haven't been um, relying on set pieces. Kind of sometimes on the, on the counter attack, uh, try to play on the counter like we did against so we to Spain. I think it was the Nations League or one of the friendlies before, um, after the World Cup. Um, and what we didn't want was getting stretched because we, while, where we have played in the counter, we haven't got the pace that Germany have got. Um, a lot of it was on the bench, but Werner Havertz breaking, um, Muller's no slouch and out wide plays like Gosens and stuff. They've got they have got pace and they start with pace and they've got pace but come off the bench. That game got stretched early doors. I was just concerned that, I mean, to be fair, it, it, there was times when they got in, um, but when the first 10 minutes, when we would kind of didn't get a kick all the first 10 minutes, I thought there was nerves. I thought, oh God, is this going to be a, a mantra for the game? There's one thing giving the team, kind of giving the team, the other team possession to prevent that game getting stretched and to play in a kind of a counter. But if they haven't too much of the ball and you are running around after them for the opening 15 minutes, then that can end up um, being detrimental. So moving on to the game on on Saturday, um, so we look first at Ukraine. I mean, Ukraine have got a couple of injury woes. Artem Bezdin, who didn't start the game against um, Sweden, is likely to miss the game, and Yarmolenko is actually a doubt. He came off in that game at Hampton Park. I think it was the second half. I think Yarmolenko came off, um, mm. but he's been the most influential. Influential two goals and assist in the group stages. Uh, he made three key passes. I've got, I've got some facts thrown at you here, Chess. He made three key passes against Sweden more than anyone on uh, on the pitch. So he's he is you know as the tournament progresses, been their main man even more so than Zinchenko. Um, but who is also a threat? I mean, a goal and assist against Sweden got the assist for Dov Dovbik for the for the winner at the end. Um, also got uh, Yarmchuk we mentioned, uh, Alexander uh, Karavayev, um, who plays on the right side, um, is also a threat. So to extent, I mean, <laughs> almost Puman's Germany, but at the same time, you've got two wide players there kind of um kind of wing backs in Zinchenko and uh, Kar- Karavayev um supporting um the likes of Yaramchuk and Yarmolenko if he starts uh, so there's quality there seemingly a bit of pace out wide so it's not any team at this last stage is not one to be sniffed at i mean Yaramchuk's got 47 goals for Ghent over the last four seasons knows where the goal is these aren't players that are playing in champ- in the championship or league 1 in england they're playing largely in the russian first division or ukrainian first division which isn't um isn't just a, a league full of plumbers. Um so and also um Mikola Matvienko uh, was key in defence um in the game yesterday um or on Tuesday in defence and initiating attacks going forward as well. So um there's a few players in there that will cause us 
some bother. But question for you, or first question for you, Etches, now that we've covered Ukraine again for the final time, uh, do you think we'll see the same side? So we've got no injuries or, or suspensions to note, but Phillips, Rice, Maguire and Foden are on yellow. So the question is, essentially, are we going to play that, that system again? Are we going to go back? On, and we do, do, we, do we expect to see the same team? Um, I think they're going to go back to a flat four because I think they're going to try and dominate Ukraine. I think Germany mm. was more about stopping the counter, which is why they're quite passive. Hence why Germany had weirdly quite a lot of ball for a team that is traditionally, or under low anyway, a counter-attacking team with, with a lot of speed. Um, I think against Ukraine, they'll go to a flat back four. I think in terms of the midfield, Henderson has had quite a few cameos. I would be, I reckon he might come in because the mm. two, uh, because obviously the two CMs uh, are on yellows. Um, I think Foden won't be risked because the deputies that have come in since he's not started have been better than him, I think. I think Saka's had much more of an impact in his past two games. I think Grealish has had much more of an impact mm. in especially the last game and the game before. I don't think Foden will be anywhere near the team. Uh, just because I think that those two players are ahead of them so far in this tournament. Um, so I think there'll, there'll be changes there. I, I don't know who will start right, actually. Um, I kind of feel like the system will go back to a flat four. I think Hendo will come in. Saka could potentially lose his spot, but I think he was England's best player in the first 45. Grealish got the, the garnish in terms of being part of the two goals. Yeah, But I think it's... It's quite a tough one. You'd flip a coin, really, because first half, I think Saka was the only player I thought that had a good game. Well, a very good game in an attacking sense for England, but Grealish gets two assists or gets one assist and one key pass. So I don't know, it's quite a tough one. I think Walker will go back to right back and Trippier will drop mm. out. Um, and then, I don't know, I'm not too sure really who will take on that right wing spot. Who do you think will come in? Yeah, I mean, I would, I would possibly like to see Saka as well because like, he's had such a positive impact. Um, I mean, Ford played pretty well in the first couple of games. Grealish came in and played an impact, uh, had an impact as well. I, there's a bit of a fanboy culture around Grealish. I mean, I, I like Grealish. He's he's the kind of flair player that has his, has his Ford and Saka in, in um, mountain extent, but he's the kind of type of flair player that is often been missing from England setups for a number of years. That's why people love them. I uh, love them because it, it takes us back to times of old. People love making the old Gascon uh, comparisons with the likes of him and, and Ford and, um, yeah, but it just depends on, on whether it's going to be a four or a five. Uh, someone like, tri it, it, whether or not it's going to be Trippier, it'll essentially be Trippier or Walker at right back, I think. The rest of the team kind of picks itself. You can have Sterling Kane start up top and you have that right wing position. There's the questions it's sent to mid. I've got a feeling they might, um, or Southgate might stick with the, with the two. Because even though they're on a yellow card, does it get wiped at the semi-final stage? Yeah, it gets yellow. wiped. So if they, if they ah, escape yes. a yellow, it gets wiped after this round. Oh, right, okay. That does make a lot of sense. Yeah, I was thinking, well, cause I was thinking, well, if it doesn't, then it, would you rather they get yellow now or would you rather get it in a semi? But how can you, you can't plan forward for games that you're not actually, you haven't actually made yet. So, no, no, no. and also they're, they're not completely indispensable players. They, they've done really well together. The type of, kind of the type of duo we need sitting behind quite a, a wealth of attacking talent. Um, but they're not indispensable. You know, if Hendo or Bellingham came in, I wouldn't turn my nose about it. Um, Albeit, you know, do we, want to, do we want to stick with that partnership? Possibly, we do. Um, so, I, I, I honestly think we'll stick with the, sit to, the two, the two same central midfield players. I think Saka might stick out at right wing, um, and then, like you, I think Walker will go right back if he goes to a five. And also, then you'd have you'd have Mount coming, wouldn't you? 
if you went back to the four, they were missing mm. the player. But you could bring him out back in. I think that might happen because you know Mount start the first two. It is arguably one. He's arguably one of our best players and can find a pass, can really route through. I did feel against Germany, even though what we've talked about around trying to stop them, nullify them as much as we can, just so we don't get stretched and just so we don't lose the game in the first half, which we could have done if we were disciplined. Um, I do think there was times that we were trying to press forwards that we were missing that player, uh, either behind the striker or just in front of the midfield player, whichever way, whichever way you want to look at it. Um, Kane's clearly been asked to play a bit higher, even though he was come back a bit, come back a little bit. I do think we're missing that at times. We're constantly just looking to force to the wing-backs, which can happen in those sort of um, formations. You can just constantly look for the wing-back too early. And once, If it goes to the wing-back too early, they get numbers behind the ball. It's become so cagey. Um, so with Mount coming in, I think that will make things a lot sticker going forward. Um, that being said, we didn't score many in there. <laughs> It'll be a little bit like our group fixtures, I think. Um, they are of a similar stature to our group fixtures, particularly Czech Republic and Scotland. I think for them, it'll be, you know, Shevchenko's been talking about how it's a free hit for them, which it is, and which would suggest they might go for it. However, if, if I was them, you, you know, you play the system they've got as well, three centre-halves, you just you possibly would just sit behind and try and catch us with the likes of Yarmolenko and Co. If they, if they play. So um, that's how I think it will go. Um so moving, kind of moving on to almost like an, an outlook beyond Ukraine. So if we beat Ukraine, we'd go through and either play against Czech Republic or Denmark. The question is not about that game, but more the teams on the other side of the tournament, Italy, Spain, Belgium are left in of the big sides, you'd say. Uh, can England overcome any of those sides? And who do you think is the strongest? I mean, I think I guess you're going to say, but who do you think would be the strongest and the hardest to face? Uh, I think the hardest team for England to face is probably Czech Republic. No, no, I think um, <laughs> out, of those, out of those sides, it's hard to say really. I think people's pre-predictions for the Euros, um, most of those teams are out. Uh, the way England are set up, I, I, I have I have a feeling they'll struggle against a possession-dominant team because Germany, I see them as more of a counter-attacking unit. I, I, I don't know enough about how Croatia actually play, but are kind of past their golden era. But mm. when I look at Italy in particular, who have really suffocated teams with the ball that they've controlled with their team, yeah, I am concerned that England would probably again try to be pragmatic and contain them. Italy, to be fair, are lacking an elite and a real elite striker. I know people will say Immobile is top tier. I'm not saying he's not, but Italy don't have an absolute star forward, which is why England could survive potentially. Mm. But I think that there's enough movement from the midfield and from the three that do play in Baradi, um, Orchiesa, um, Immobile and Insigne to yeah. really cause England problems over 120 minutes if it goes that far. Belgium as well, because they've got exceptional players um, across the pitch. I have a feeling England would try and get on them more because of their defence. I would assume England would try and take the game a little bit to them a bit more for that reason. And Spain, I, I don't know about Spain, to be honest. I, I think they are very talented. I, I think they've got some glaring issues in their squad and they've been a bit hot and cold to suggest they wouldn't be as much of a problem. So for me, it'd be Italy. I, I just think Italy have the best setup to really hurt England the way they're currently playing. What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, with Italy, it's almost a bit like the Germany, like what I said earlier, around they've got two two wing backs. I mean, Spinazzola has been absolutely exceptional for them. It's such a handful. 
Reminds me a little bit of Cancelo, even though Cancelo hasn't been favoured by Pep, for example. So how good how good is he? But he reminds me of him, two footed a wing back who's just so adventurous and it's hard to stop that. It does leave glaring holes, as you said. So hence why they might go go a bit or leave players in advanced positions against Italy, so they can counter against that. And the likes of um, Benucci, if Benucci and Chiellini start, I mean Benucci's had a couple of errors already that they have, let, they have nearly led to goal in possession in this tournament. Both aren't both aren't winning the hundred meter dashes. Is hundred meter dash? Is it? I guess it's against. No, it's a hundred <laughs> yard dash, isn't it? <laughs> hundred yard dash. Yeah. He's neither are winning any, any particular races there. Um, and so it's almost like the Germany, you know, Rudiger and, and Hummels and, and Ginter. We uh, you could fancy you fancy us against you know any of our players against them in a one on one with pace and with skill. Same against Italy. Obviously, those ball retention, like Locatelli's had a fantastic uh, tournament so far. Um, they've retained the ball really well. And Senior's an absolute handful. Uh, like you, I mean, I haven't actually been blown away by a Mobile. Um, to be honest, he's he's got a lethal effort above him, and he scored so many goals for Lazio, Lazio but haven't been blown away. I think with Belgium, we haven't really touched on Belgium. Then again, it's defensively Belgium aren't uh, outstanding either. Um, you know, a lot of players that are aging in that setup, and it really is the the time to shine as a golden generation. I think Lukaku's been excellent so far. For me, he's been. Um, He's just been so, he's just looked really up for it. <laughs> but he's just been so mobile and he's, he's been covering so much ground across the pitch. And the way he's been using his body and getting, the, getting even getting in behind, rolling defenders, he's just been outstanding. Like He's like what Kane would be like if Kane had a little bit more pace and uh, was a bit more kind of a behind, played a little bit more behind the, behind the last man. They aren't exactly the same player. Kane's possibly more lethal and his numbers show it. Um, so I'm not <laughs> suggesting... That Lukaku's a better player, but um, who would I rather play against? <laughs> I would not. I would not want to play against Lukaku. Not in the form that he's in, the handful he is. Um, so he could be a real danger for us. Um, so yeah. So I mean, it comes back to a wider question of whether England can win this or whether they can make it to the final. I think based on I mean our run, I'd expect England to make it to the final. We could play against Denmark. They're going to be no slouches. They've obviously got the the story of the whole tournament behind them, and everyone willing them on to win. But um, so yeah, do you I mean do you think England can can win it? I think every team vaguely has a chance to win it now because of the stage we're at. I think England are playing really pragmatic ball, kind of what was happening under managers like Capello, really. But the execution has been a lot better under Southgate. Um, I think they can win it. I think in a shoot off, I, I am worried about. It depends on the team that comes out on the other side. I think they can actually. If I see Belgium or Spain, I, I actually, funnily enough, think England could potentially do it. I just have a feeling they'll really struggle against Italy. I just think mm. that unless if they change tactic, they'll let they'll let them come onto them too much, and I I don't see Italy's defense being breached like Germany's, even though their CBs are quite old. Um, but yeah, I think I think they do have a chance. I think Denmark have a chance. I think yeah, all these teams that are in at the moment do have a chance because it's been pretty unpredictable. I think Italy struggled much more than I expected them to against Austria, which should also be noted. Um, mm-hmm. It took them after extra time. Austria were lucky not to have won it. To be fair, yeah. So you know, I think the only side really in the tournament that's not been bothered in any of the rounds has been England. I know Belgium have won their games, but. Against Portugal, it was quite tight for a bit. So, yeah, I think they can. Will they? Oh, I don't know. It's a tricky one. Yeah, 
I thought the Swiss were quite good as well, but I think we, sh- we shouldn't write Denmark off as well. I mean, we're also writing Czech Republic off, but I think by virtue of the fact we've, we've already beaten them and had fancies against the Czech Republic team, but, you know, we, we shouldn't write Denmark off. I mean, they've actually got, you'd argue they've got more quality than Ukraine, you'd say, throughout the side. I mean, Schmeichel, Christensen, yeah, sure. um, you know, even even players like, um, <laughs> even players like uh, Yusuf Paulsen, um, the Bundesliga, um, they've got a few players that can really hurt us, so, um, and have done well so far, even though, like I said, they finished third and lost twice, which I just hate. But <laughs> mm. um, aside from that, we shouldn't write them off. But I still fancy us to get to the final based on the the way we've kind of grown into this tournament a bit more. Uh, I thought we played better against Czech Republic than perhaps we did in the first two games. And um, I've played you know, played reasonably well against Germany and overcame a big side for the first time in a major tournament for a long time. You think again, in the World Cup, we'd lost twice to Belgium um, in that World Cup. Um and the teams we've beat around that, yeah, fair enough. We got to the semis, brilliant. But we didn't beat a big side in a competition. Um, you know, in, in all the major competitions, we're getting beat against uh, big sides. We actually, funny enough, in 2012, I, I just, whilst looking at this, we're doing some notes, we actually finished top ahead of France in 2012 um, hmm. group stage, which I completely forgot about. And then obviously we went through the quarters and then the Pearl Penenka. I've got no time for the Penenka, man. Like, leave that <laughs> Come on, man! Like it just—it's just—it's too high risk, and it just doesn't. Like, you could—it doesn't prove anything. Like you just hit it down the middle normally. <laughs> Don't have to do that. Yeah, it's, it's the definition of rude. Like that yep. is the definition of rude. Like if you want to tell someone <laughs> that I don't rate you, you're going to get Pinnaker down the middle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if um, if Jordan Pickford does it with the ninth penalty in the final to win the game, then you know what? I'll I'll let him off. But uh, but yeah, so I think we came to it. A natural conclusion there, a, a fair bit to cover. Um, but I think we've agreed that we will see, hopefully, see England defeat Ukraine. I'm going to go with a, you know what? I'm going to go for like a, a Sweden style scoreline. We beat, we beat, and it was two 0 wasn't it? The World Cup would be Sweden. Um, that was really comfortable though. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to go with a little, a little three 0 three 0 England. Never normally so confident. Uh, well, it's not really that little actually. But um, how about you? Uh, I reckon it'll be two nil. I reckon it could be two or one again. I just think it's going to be one nil and sharp shop, and I don't think uh, Ukraine will have enough for England. Mm. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, thank you, thank you, Witches, for, for the discussion. Um, and we'll wait and see what happens on on Saturday and the following week if we get through. So, yeah, thank you all for for listening. Cheers, guys. <laughs>